Ben Jawalski, what's going on? Good morning, Mr. Woolley. It is morning. It's early. We never do this in the morning. This is this is great because I'm back on I'm back on the juice. I'm back on the caffeine. So this is this is the perfect time to podcast. Oh, you're you're back on the caffeine now. Look at you. I thought you were giving that up for good, or is it just through Madison? Uh, no, it was just like I wanted to cycle off of it to see mm. how I did. And what's super interesting is while my mornings were obviously, you know, a bit more groggy and it was kind of harder to get up to speed, right. my afternoons were so much less depressing. <laughs> my afternoons were so much less um, like there was less like peaks and valleys. So right now, you know, I'm sipping my cold brew, which I, I do love. And I'll be, you know, high on caffeine for the next like three-ish hours. Right. But by the time when afternoon comes around, I'm going to be freaking tired. And of course, I have a video shoot this afternoon. So I'll probably have this this batch of cold brew. And then I'll, uh, I won't have my second cup of coffee until probably like, I mean, maybe like right before noon. I try not to do it within 12 right. hours or within like 10 hours going to bed. Um, and that'll hopefully keep me energetic. But it's definitely a tool to use, but it definitely helps you notice uh, big crashes. You'll get you'll when you're off caffeine and you kind of hit that withdrawal. It it really sucks. So, what uh, what's the photo shoot today, or the video um, shoot? So video. So obviously, photo shoot is for my new program, uh, uh, Big Booty Ben. Nice, um, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, no, it's. Uh, Let's see. I just have to shoot a bunch of YouTube videos because Shona and I got a lot of uh, a lot of really good content shot last week. AKA Shona shot a lot of great, good content last week. I didn't do anything, <laughs> um, but I probably am going to be shooting a video um, from. I might actually do like a watch me teach myself double under crossovers because I haven't tried them and I want to just like capture me learning them on film and just talk about like kind of my mental process. I'm confident, <laughs> and I say this. I'm pretty confident I'm going to be able to learn them. I think I have enough jump ropes where I'll be able to find the right one for me. I already kind of have a couple ideas of what is required to do double under crossovers, uh, right. but I, I might try to learn them live on camera. But I need a, I need a bunch of YouTube videos uh, before I go live in the woods for a month. Here's something funny. I uh, I shared a story of our um, our buddy Dave uh, from RX Smart Gear. Love, love him. Yeah. Who was on here. And he's, he was, did a post on, you know, how to do double under, uh, crossovers, crossover, double unders, whatever the hell they're called now. And, uh, and you know, it's like a, you know, subscribe and you, know, you get the whole video or whatever. And somebody messaged me and they're like, Oh, I prefer Ben. Ben will teach these better. And I'm like, all right, first of all, I, and I quite literally said to him, I'm like, look, I love Ben. But Dave invented the jump rope. <laughs> all right. This is his <laughs> only job. Like this is his job. I'm like, Trust me, Dave's forgotten more about jumping rope than Ben and I will ever know. Yes. Know? Yes. It's so funny that you brought that up. I haven't it's, attempted it's, them yet. I keep I worry that the first time I try them, I'm just gonna rip the skin off the back of uh off my back. So I'm I'm gonna have to find my heavier rope. I have like one of those uh original Buddy Lee ropes, you know. Yeah, I have the nylon, you know, the plastic cord is a little heavier and doesn't hurt as bad so if i ever yep. get around to trying it i'll do it on that but i'm not using I'm, my speed rope at all based on what i see it's going to be pretty gnarly when you trip like like because you're you're really putting a lot of effort into that and not only are you tripping like i don't know you're tripping and you're crossing at the same time so i'm very excited to see how painful this is i'm probably gonna have a lot of good bloopers so that's on the docket today uh and i think i have a couple other couple other things um and actually Cal asks in the comments, uh, do we think double and a crossover will become a permanent part of most affiliate programming? I don't necessarily know if it'll be permanent. Um, but I do think similar to like the wall walk, you know, they showed up in the open and said, Oh, wow. You know, didn't see that one coming. And now it's shown up in a couple opens. I wouldn't be surprised if the crossover does show up again. I thought it was really interesting how they program single unders, double unders and crossovers. It'll be interesting if they ever do triple unders. Um, but it's too early to say whether it's going to be permanent, but I, I definitely don't think it's the last time we will see it. I don't think you'll ever see it in the open. Yeah. I mean, the, the open is designed to be accessible to everyone. And now, especially, you know, assuming they keep the format in the six and a three week format, 
I just I can't imagine that they would throw that in the open and just blow up a three week format by having you know thousands of people that can't do a single movement. Well, know? one thing that I really like in some open workouts, you know how they they kind of make it tiered, where like the beginning is accessible movements, the middle is medium movements, and then the end is really hard movements. They do that a lot with like the barbell, right. where the barbell get heavier, and it kind of builds a barrier to entry. Um, I could certainly see them doing something like that. Yeah, maybe. It wouldn't shock me to see Triple Under show up at some point. They've been teasing that forever. I just think this uh, this crossover movement, if I had to guess, the way they've always done these things is they do do it one year, and then they bring it back the very next year to see how much people improved. You know, you can think um, it was just a few years ago. Like the pegboard? No, yeah, no one considered a pegboard. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, popping up every year, and every year they tend to get better. And this year they made them do strict yeah, legless pegboard. Yeah, I matter of fact, just reading Vellner's post on that. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess we'll see how these go because it's not something he works on. You know, like nobody well, works on them that way. Well, know? I thought, I mean, here's a testament to CrossFit as like a sport, but also pushing the pushing the boundaries of human development is like, I assume a lot of people, uh, and I know, John, you remember, when pegboards were originally programmed, like almost no one could do them, especially right. in the female division. It was just an, a disaster. And then here we are a few years later and the master's division, like 60 plus year old is able to do right. them. Or if we look at the, you know, the games athletes, they're able to do them legless without any assist. Like it's crazy what, what we are able as a sport and as like an athlete body, what we're able to respond to. Like if, if, if the games came out and said, Hey, we want someone to run a four minute mile and, um, and you know, clean 400 in the same day, I wouldn't be surprised if if like multiple people are going to be able to do that in the men's division. Uh, it's just, it's just crazy. Like the, the limits of human performance that we're pushing. I was, um, just, I was just thinking that we did um, 13.1 at the gym this week. And for those that don't remember, 13.1 is uh, snatches and burpees. Hmm. And uh, the and at the end, it's a 17-minute AMRAP technically. And when you get to the end, you just do max reps until you're done. But the max reps were 210 pounds for the men and 120 pounds for the women. God, I want to redo that workout this year. Woof. Uh, I don't want to redo it ever after doing it. But I uh, – but I was looking at those weights going, man, 120 pounds for the women now would be considered light. Whereas in 2013, that was probably considered crazy heavy for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, the women are routinely snatching 200 pounds, or at least, you know, the games athletes are, you know. Yeah, so. I re- remember, what was it last year? I watched a 16-year-old snatch 210. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. So, yeah, it is interesting. 16-year-old that, female, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's just interesting over time how, you know, everyone continues to push. And it isn't just the teens. To your point, is you know, people my age that are just coming in and continuing to work and get better and and practice. It's uh, it's really interesting. Actually, it's funny. Um, I have a question for you, actually. I'm going to read it on the air. I had a a follower that sent us an email and then we'll get into our topics, but I think this kind of works. We're going to talk about plateaus today. And, um, so this person message and said that, uh, she's a master's athlete and she was trying to decide, and I got to find the email. Sorry, I'm not prepared for this at all. I'm an idiot, but, uh, she loves you, Ben. She loves you. Whatever well, that's, that's good. That's what matters. That is what matters. Uh, Bridget is her name and she's been, she listens to the podcast and she's uh, 61, been crossfitting for five years. I'm just going to paraphrase this email for you. Uh, this was the first year she had all the skills and made it to quarterfinals. So awesome. nice job, Bridget. That's awesome. But she wants to do better. And so here was her question. And I thought it was better suited for you than me. So she wanted to know, should she continue doing daily classes or get on a program like most of the really hardcore folks at the gym. So she's added accessory work for gymnastics and endurance, but she's trying to decide, should she like pay a coach to oversee it? Should she stick to the mm-hmm. classes? You know, is there something, you know, should she do one-on-one training? Like yeah. you know, if you've got somebody been that's going, all right, I made quarterfinals, but I want to improve, maybe make it to semis. And she's a yeah. master's athlete. This is, so this is right up, right up her alley at Watt Prep. And we have a lot of, case studies that have kind of answered the same question. So um, interestingly enough, 
last night, the reason that we're doing this live podcast this morning is because last night I did an entire presentation. I did a live coaching call to hundreds of athletes about how to break through plateaus. Uh, And as you know, a lot of our athletes are master's athletes. So Bridget, in your case, there's kind of a hierarchy that I would suggest. If you can afford a one-on-one coach, that is the best way to make the fastest progress because they're going to write out a season for you, for you to peak at the right time, which for you is not the open. It's actually going to be like the quarterfinals. This can help you peak at the right time and in the off season and in volume accumulation phases like mid season, you're going to be attacking weaknesses that going to class just fundamentally will not attack. So as an example, let's say you really need to work on your um, overhead pushing strength. Like you suck at handstand pushups and push press and, and things like that. That's like your main weakness is that overhead strength. If you go to a, a traditional CrossFit gym, how many times a week are they programming uh, strict presses, handstand pushups, or push jerks, or push press? I mean, John, off the top of your head, how many times a week are you going to see like some sort of overhead strength development, like strict development? Um, well, we do it, you know, once or twice a week probably, but it's you know, like we're programming for the masses. So to your point, it's not individualized. You know, yeah, like you get what you get. It's random. <laughs> yeah. It's ran it's random, which works great yeah. for fitness. GPP, general physical preparedness, constantly right. varied functional movements performed at a high intensity is fantastic. But if you're doing this for a sport, you need to treat it treat yourself like an athlete. Uh let's use LeBron James as an example here. Um, you know, since John is from Ohio. Um so and from Cleveland. So and from Cleveland. Yeah. Um so LeBron James does not do five on five scrimmages, uh, doesn't play, you know, against a bunch of NBA players, five on five full blown games every single day, the entire year. He has a very distinct off season where he probably practices his jumper. He has a very distinct off season where he probably tries to get stronger and build muscle. And then as he gets closer to the season, he starts toning that down and then focusing more on actually playing the game of basketball. Right. And then during the season, it's full blown basketball. So that's what a lot of CrossFit athletes don't do. A lot of like amateur athletes, people who are trying to make it to the games for the first time, people who are trying to make it to quarterfinals, they just go in and they do class programming, which is just like an NBA player scrimmaging every day, right? They do pure CrossFit. It's fun, but it's not necessarily going to help you achieve your goal. So let's loop back around and I will, I'm trying to answer this question as completely as possible because I know she's not the only one here. If you can afford one-on-one coaching, that's the route to go. The only issue is you don't necessarily have a community. Uh, For me, I'm a very social exerciser, and I know a lot of people are. One-on-one can be a lonely road, but if you're someone who can put your head down and grind, then having a one-on-one coach is fantastic. And obviously, I would would invite you, if you wanted to get a one-on-one coach, Wad Prep has a team of coaches that have sent people, master's athletes specifically, like you, to the games. We'd love to have you. Um, And I know there's a bunch of other great people out there programming. So secondarily, if one-on-one coaching is too expensive, you know, expect to pay, you know, close to 400 bucks a month. If one-on-one coaching is too expensive, then secondarily, you could do something like small group coaching, which uh, like a Wad Prep, we have Wad Prep Masters. We're actually launching something this week called Wad Prep Pro, um, where it's basically you can decide what programming track you want to do. We actually have accessory tracks that you can follow, and then we have coaching to go with it. So it's like a very customized feeling program, but it's still written for, you know, quote unquote, the masses. It's really written for a small group of athletes who are members. And what that does is that allows you to, you can still focus on your weaknesses. So back to this overhead pressing stuff, Like you can still focus on that within the confines of the group programming that we're writing. And then you can add on accessory programs. So you can add on a gymnastics track. You could add on a weightlifting track. And then you have this like semi-customized programming at a fraction of of the cost. So I think this week we're launching it for like $29 a month rather than, you know, $400 per month for individualized programming. And then what's cool about like this small group stuff, uh, like Wad Pro, 
is you also have access to like coaching and community. So you don't feel alone. You're, you're doing workouts like you would at a normal gym where you have like this compute, this community, this social pressure to perform. And then you actually get coaching. So you can submit a video and be like, why does my jerk suck? And then one of our coaches will chime in and give you feedback on why your jerk sucks and how to improve. <laughs> um, so that, that's the kind of stuff that I would say is like, if you're truly trying to make progress and achieve this, like this goal of making it to the next level or to be more competitive, you need to train like an athlete, which means having an actual season, a season that has an off season, a mid season and a late season, which I actually have in my notes to talk about today. And then you need to make sure that you actually get coaching. You need someone that that keeps you accountable to working on your weaknesses. And the bottom line is if you're just going to a normal CrossFit gym, which I love normal CrossFit, that's what I do because I'm not trying to be a competitive athlete anymore. Uh, if you're just going to a normal CrossFit gym, you're probably not going to get that skills focus. You're not going to get that off season. And you're also not going to get that individualized coaching to keep you accountable to attack your weaknesses. So that's my yeah. answer. I think for me too, if um, I'm, I'm speaking as a master's athlete here, if I were trying to get past quarterfinals, so like I'm going to try to make quarterfinals this year, but I'm not, I have no desire to put in the work it takes to get past quarters. Like that's a, a hard yeah. road to hoe. Um, yeah. So if, if I were going to do that, I think I'd have to um, be honest with myself and decide where my biggest weakness is and invest in that. And typically, the difference maker for people between quarters and semis is either going to be lifting or, or gymnastics, one or the other, or both could be both. And, and I think that's where a real specialized coach can help you. Like I, you know, I think your team, Ben, you know, you got a couple that are, you know, kind of really hardcore lifters and they have individual coaches and I've seen them, you know, firing videos back and forth and getting feedback and that, that feedback you get from a one-on-one coach around weightlifting is really invaluable that you don't get in a CrossFit class. Like my CrossFit class will go turn your knuckles down or get your chest up. But that's not, that's not individualized coaching. Those are basic cues that even I can mm-hmm. see. Yeah. And I look at people where you have an individualized coach and they're drilling you and they're like, do it again, do it again, <laughs> do it again. Like that's where you get the difference. And it's the same with gymnastics, you know, like my coaches will say, pull your head through or, you know, activate your lats or whatever. Right. I'm not doing uh, gymnastic wise, but they're not drilling it. It's again, just real basic cues. And I think having someone that can give you, um, you know, kind of drill you through those movements and get you better at it is typically the difference maker for people. I think most people can understand the kind of the volume you need to get uh, to be able to do Metcons quickly. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, and there, you know, you guys have a ton of great programs or obviously, you know, tons of competitive tracks out there that you can follow that, you know, that give good coaching, but for individualized, you know, for this, I'd give the same advice, go get a coach. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know enough about her to, to know where the weaknesses are. I mean, she mentioned gymnastics a little bit, so, you know, maybe that's it, but, um, you know, that's where I would dig in. And one thing I also want to say is, you know, we're talking about, you know, oh, well, this is for competitors, this is for people who are super competitive, yada, yada. What's what we kind of talked about last night on the seminar that I ran was it also is very beneficial to train this way for beginners. Granted, beginners respond very well to traditional class programming. Like a beginner, if you go to the gym, just do CrossFit every single day, AKA you have a little strength portion and then you do a Metcon, you're going to get better just by natural exposure. However, if a beginner really wants to get better faster, if you treat your beginner mindset, like this athlete season that I talked about, where you have like, you have these phases that you work through, you actually will see faster results. It's just not quite, maybe not quite as fun per se, but, um, this isn't reserved only for competitive people. Uh, we've actually, even in the one-on-one coaching side of things, we're, we're charging you know, $400 a month. Um, we have a lot of beginners that sign up for that because they're like, hey, I really want to get better at CrossFit. And I, I realize that having an individualized coach, even though I'm not very competitive, having an individualized coach is going to help me achieve the goals that I want to achieve. And like we've helped coach people through getting their first pull-up and then getting their first body weight back squat, right? Like, 
that's not going to qualify for you, you for anything, but right. for them, it's in tremendously valuable because they're seeing progress. They weren't seeing, uh, just going to uh, a traditional class. Well, let's be honest. If money's no object, there's a lot you can do, you know, like, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we're being very general here for Bridget's question around, you know, what should she do to kind of move to the next level. And we're kind of focused on, you know, getting a coach around something that's crossfitty, you know, weightlifting or gymnastics. But the reality is, you might want to sit down and write out all your weaknesses, which are going to include nutrition. So maybe you need a nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need a mindset coach. Like, yep. I mean, Don if Fletcher. money's no object, you could have all of these things in advance very quickly. I think what you have to do is, you know, decide what your budget is and then prioritize where your biggest weaknesses are and line them up together. That's what I try to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm clearly not going to be a competitor, but I'm going to try to do the gauntlet this year at, at Waterpalooza. And so I'm, Right I believe now. you texted me about that and invited me to do the same. So are we are we doing the gauntlet together? I'm doing it for sure. I don't know about you, but I'm doing it. But, you know, so I've set for myself, I have a four-month goal to get prepared for that. And a huge part of that for me is nutrition. Hmm. You know, like I have kind of the tools, you know, to compete in the division I need to compete in. I just need to up my volume a little because it's a long workout. And then, you know work on some lifting skills, but I don't necessarily need an individual coach for that. Like I've been doing it over a decade, so I can just kind of dial in with my coaches at the gym and they're willing to help me with that. And, you know, I have a lot of resources like you, so that helps, Mm -hmm. um, that I'll just be asking for shit for free. But anyway, I had so much fun at the gauntlet last year, like that initial overhead squat where I think at the time I had posted the, the heaviest weight and it was just like, it was like, I bloomed like a flower hit that like I, I think i hit a 300 or 290 or something like right. that for a three rep overhead squat and then like slam the bar down huge adrenaline dump and then just crash and burn for the next 45 minutes well but yeah but yeah i'll probably have the same experience but i guess my <laughs> point is is like i've already identified where where i think my weakness is going into this mm-hmm. and i've set a few benchmarks for myself between now and when you know water Palooza actually comes up to actually test what i'm you know, kind of where I'm at to determine if I need to offset it. So that's my biggest advice for people, like figure out what your budget is, pick your weakness and spend your money there. And if money's no object, get all three nutrition mindset and a individualized coach and go for it. And you if know. money is an object, join Wad Prep Pro because it's a go. crazy discount. <laughs> we just launched it. Wadprep.com slash pro. It's amazing. All right. Um, so I know we actually have a topic for today. And what's interesting is we've already covered a lot of it, but I think it'd be nice for listeners to like tie a, tie a bow on it. Um, so I have for today's topic, five reasons people plateau and lose motivation in their training. Uh, and I'm really going to be focusing kind of on the plateau. Like I think for a lot of listeners, especially if you're, if you've been training for longer than a year, there's a certain time where you just, you stop seeing the gains that maybe you're used to seeing. I remember when I started CrossFit, I would eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's, show up and PR everything in that class. I thought you were oh. still doing that. Well, I, it's, the PRs are less frequent. Okay. Ben and, but you're still and doing actually, the ben and Jerry's is ben and less Jerry's. Okay, good. It was, it would literally be like in college. I'm like, I need calories. Well, this is a lot of <laughs> calories. And I'd eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's and then go train at CrossFit raleigh at the time and now it's crossfit invoke uh, in raleigh north carolina and i would go i'd pr everything and i'd leave and then basically after eight months of doing that and just treating my body like complete trash eventually the pr stopped happening every single class and i was like what's going on and then obviously i you know submitted my nutrition journal to christmas abbott who was the owner and she just laughed she was literally like, are you kidding? This is what you, this is what you eat. And I was like, yeah, it was like nine string cheeses. I love it. <laughs> um, but there's a certain point where as CrossFitters, if we're just going in doing normal class and leaving, there's a certain point where we're going to hit plateaus. And especially for beginners, I have five main things that I wrote down that I think are reasons we plateaued. All right, um, so I'm, I'll like list them all out. And then John, you can pick which ones you kind of want to attack here. So number one is over training, especially for the addicted okay. CrossFitter. We, we can potentially over train. 
Uh, and John, I know you're, you're culpable of that sometimes. Number two is lack of goal clarity. They don't necessarily know what their goals are. Number three is no seasonality, a.k.a. they have no season that they're training through, which I, I mentioned a little bit in Bridget's question. Number four, they have no skill focus or skill practice. If you just go to class every day, when's the last time you practice ring muscle-ups for 30, mu- 30 minutes in a class, right? Probably never. You should, and if you're trying to learn ring muscle-ups, you should do that three times per week. There's no way that's happening in a normal class. And then last but not least is no specific coaching. You get those general cues. Good job, guys. Keep your butt down, chest <laughs> up, you know, but that's right. not coaching. Coaching is like, hey, we need to, we need to build from the ground up your foot positioning and we need to work on your thoracic mobility to help, you know, like that's coaching. So overtraining, lack of goal clarity, no seasonality, no specific skill focus, and no coaching. Those are the five different reasons I think people plateau in their training. Well, let's just take them in order. So let's start with overtraining. I like that one because I overtrain yep. a lot. I haven't been lately. I've been good lately. I've taken rest good. days and uh, not killing myself. And I'm I'm trying to be more mindful, particularly going into this, you know, what I'm considering a kind of a four-month cycle to not, mm-hmm. not feel like I'm, you know, I, I get in the mindset, I'm like, oh, I can just cram for this. <laughs> You know, right, two weeks but, out, it's time yeah. to start training, baby. I'll just fit all the fitness in in two weeks. You know, yeah. I'll clean up my diet for a week and I'll have abs. You know, that's how it works, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, what I find with with overtraining, especially for CrossFitters, is um, it there is an actual addiction. Like we have a dopamine a dopamine release from CrossFit. There's that like the runner's high, so to speak. There's actual addictions to exercise, and I think it's a healthy addiction. But what we find with CrossFit is there's kind of like this underlying, um, there's this underlying, like, I can always do more. You know, Rich Froning right. is famous for being like, what's a rest day? And that's right. great if you're a superhuman, um, but it's not great if you're a beginner trying to make progress. Because as we've talked about with Justine, uh, Justine is the owner of Third Z. She, you know, runs a, a basically a recovery company. The only way that you make gains from the gym is outside of the gym when you're sleeping. If you're always in the gym and always breaking down those muscles, you really actually don't have time to recover. So that's why recovery is such a a major thing. And really recovery doesn't mean foam rolling or, or doing long bike workouts. Like recovery means staying the hell out of the gym and sleeping, right? Like that's recovery. Um, and I think because CrossFit gyms tend, especially bigger gyms, they have a workout every day. So if they have a workout every day, people with unlimited memberships are tempted to, well, I I might as well just go in and see what it's like. I might as well go in and hit this one. Ah, it's Sunday, but my friends are going, I'll go. Right. Right. And, and it kind of becomes a trap. So I think overtraining for some of us is a big issue. It's really never been an issue for me. I am the king of rest days. Um, and I know I joke about it all the time and CJ, you know, my head coach, uh, yells at me all the time. Like, how can you not train and then still come in and do so well? I really do think it's because like I come in, I hit it really hard, but then my body has a ton of time to recover. Like you can ask Shona last week, she was in town. I sleep so freaking much. Uh, like I just sleep all the time. And I think that's, that's a really big part of, of feeling really good and not being banged up. I think you have to be uh, really mindful on those rest days too. I think people often, and I'm as guilty as the next guy about this. So this is, I'm just autobiographical here. You know, you know, like, all right, I'm going to take a rest day. And then your rest day becomes a cheat food day and a drinking day. (laughs) Right. And and what you're not recognizing is you're not really resting. You're not working out, but your, your body is still working very hard to process toxins and, you know, food. It's not used to getting on a regular basis. I think you have to be mindful of those rest days of what you're like, create a plan, you know, like go into that day going, all right, here's what my nutrition is going to look like to your point. Here's what my rest is going to look like. Like, here's what I want to accomplish. Like I want to come out fresh, not reeking of vodka and regret, you know, (laughs) I think that's hard for people, you know, because we often put these rest days on the weekends, you know, you drop them on a Sunday as an example, and you're not, you know, you're not at work. So you got a lot of free time and, you know, people are, you know, doing fun things. It's just like, it's, it's hard. So I think, you you know, I think planning out your rest days is a really important 
thing for people. The other thing that I do that I've been doing, uh, I've been using, you know, I'm, I'm an Apple geek and um, I use all their reminders for bedtime. Mm-hmm. Phone goes off like at a certain time, my phone just turns off on its own. It goes into quiet mode. Um, you know, the, the, the screen temperature changes. So if I am using it, it looks different. Like, you know, I, it tells me to go to bed basically. And, uh, that helps me to like, go, okay, I've, I've got to have dedicated rest in this window of time, you know, and it's, it's made a big difference. It's not perfect, but it certainly made a big difference in how quickly I recover and, and how I feel and, you know, how I can approach the next workout. Yeah. You know, so, uh, as long as we're talking about Thursday, we'll give them a little plug here. Hold on. Uh, save 25% on Thursday, by the way. Use our code SCALES, S-C-A-L-E-Z-Z-Z at Thursday.com, T-H-I-R-D-Z-Y, and you'll get some great sleep. I used it last night. Slept like a baby. It was yep. amazing. Yep. I feel like every time I take this stuff, I feel like I should send Justine a message and tell her how good it is. Swear yep. to God. Justine has a video of me. Uh, I thought it was really going to be really amazing, a cool hack to mix thirdsy with like a fizzy water. Cause I really like, you know, like the LaCroix, the fizzy water. Um, so I like, I filmed it and sent it to her. I'm pretty sure they use it for an ad now. Um, but basically I took my scoop of thirdsy. I mixed it with my grapefruit um, LaCroix and I poured it in. And I was like, all right guys, this is going to be so good. Just imagine how good it would taste a little bit of fizz with it. Right. When I go to stir it, one literally half a turn with the spoon and it just explodes. That's amazing. It's like like <laughs> do Mentos, not try like Mentos and Coke. Yeah, it was literally exactly that. So that's the best. All right. Well, what was point number two? Point number two is lack of goal clarity. So this um, this I also want to loop in with like program hopping. So I think that's a big issue. Is without clear goals and without like I want to train for this specific event, or I want to improve on these three skills that I am really lacking. What happens is people just kind of hop around all the time. They just do what feels good. They, they cherry pick workouts. They, they don't necessarily do what it takes to achieve a goal because they don't know what the goal is. And I think it's really, really important to have very clear goals because if you don't you're just kind of going to be listless and go based on feel so um and this is i mean for me it happens a lot of times where i'm just like ah, oh, just training and ah, that workout looks boring i'm not going <laughs> and that's because i don't i didn't have any like, if i don't have a goal to train for what's the point um right. so and i also would say like that also promotes program hopping like we've seen a lot of people like even wad prep athletes were like they'll follow wad prep or they'll be like, they'll join Wad Prep Masters or like, I know people are probably going to join Wad Prep Pro, but if they don't kind of commit to it and say like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on what this coach is programming for this track. And instead they're like, Ooh, that looks shiny from comp train. Like, Ooh, I'm going to try right. that games workout. And Oh, wow. I saw this on, on Instagram yesterday. I'm going to do this. It's maybe fun and it scratches some cool itches, but it really just kind of keeps you listless and not focused on the goal. There's something about just like saying, nope, I'm going to work on this one thing and grinding on working for that thing and then achieving a result. That's something that um, having clear goals can really help with. Dude, I am so goal driven. That's what this whole uh, Wadapalooza thing is. You want the real backstory. I just don't want to look like a fat ass in Miami. That's my goal. (laughs) I swear to God, that was the goal. So yeah. I, you know, I have a nutrition coach and, you know, I have an actual coach here in Cleveland and I went to both of them and I'm like, I want to look and feel great. So I'm setting a goal for myself to compete at, in uh, the gauntlet because I know that's super hard and I have to be fit to do that. And it'll give me something like a date. It gives me an end date that I know mm-hmm. is coming. Right. I also then immediately went out and bought my tickets. I bought my flight and my hotel, um, Knowing that, you know, now that I've purchased, now that I've spent money, I'm not going to waste it, Mm. you know? So those are like kind of the first two goals. But the other thing I would add to yours for me is use your data. Like, you know, don't go into this goal blind. Like I use, um, we use Wattify at the gym, but I use that thing meticulously to figure out my lifts. You know, it'll give you your percentage of every lift, your one rep max, Mm -hmm. 50, 60, 65, 70, so on and so forth. Because what I don't want to do like I was joking with one of my coaches yesterday, we were doing thrusters and we we're doing sets of 10, eight, six, four, two and increasing weight. 
And he's like, how much are you going to do? I'm like, well, James, I've already looked at your weight. So I'm going to do five pounds more than you, <laughs> you know, and that's not a good way to work out. It just isn't like it was a joke, but I didn't actually do that. I knew what my one rep max was. And so I was trying to build to a double that I thought would be, you know, within a decent percentage of that, you know, and, and so I would really advise people don't, you know, don't set your goals versus what other people are doing. Like use your own data and, and build progressively for me is the, the smartest way and always has worked for me. And, mm. you know, I'm 11 years in and still, still PRing. Like I've, I've yet to really hit a plateau. I have areas where I think I've, you know, you kind of ride waves of, you know, you're a good runner for a while and then you hit the winter and you're not running as much. So, you know, your, your times maybe suffer a little bit. It comes back. I've, I've yet to hit something where I thought, all right, I'm not improving, you know? Nope. Um, and I know that will happen eventually cause I'm old as hell, but yep. not yep. there yet. All right. Third point. What's your third one? Third, third one. point was lack of seasonality. And we kind of touched on this. We alluded to it in answering Bridget's question. When you're an athlete and, you, and you're trying to do athletic things and achieve athletic goals, you have to train like an athlete. In the off season, you need to be, especially in, in this specific sport of CrossFit, um, in the off season, you need to be focusing on the big weaknesses. So if you have three huge weaknesses, imagine those are the big rocks. Do you, does everyone hopefully know like the rock and sand and pebbles analogy? Like if I, if I tried to fill a container and I have a bunch of rocks, a bunch of sand and a bunch of pebbles, uh, obviously the rocks are bigger, the pebbles are medium and then the sand small. If I put all the sand in first and then the pebbles and then the rocks, it's not going to fit right? You're definitely not going to fill the container and there's going to be air gaps and there's no way you're getting all the rocks in. But if you add the rocks first and then the pebbles and then the sand, it all settles and it all fits. And that's what we need to do in our, our off season and mid season. Meaning we, we, ha we make sure that every single week we're attacking the weaknesses that we've identified. And this is where, you know, traditional programming does fall short. Again, I, I love the normal CrossFit model, but from an athletic perspective, let's say an NBA player um, has horrible free throws, right? Like I, I'm pretty confident Shaq did not use this method back in the day, <laughs> but let's say an NBA player has terrible free throws. Everything else in their game is amazing, but they have horrible free throws in the off season, especially they should be, they're going to be practicing maybe a hundred free throws every single day. Um, rather than scrimmaging all the time and doing five on five, they're going to be practicing those free throws. They're going to get, they're going to develop a free throw routine. They're going to figure out, you know, what's like, what's the thought process they're going to go through and they're going to practice, practice, practice. That's what we need to do in the off season for a lot of people in functional fitness and CrossFit. The off season needs to have a very big strength bias and potentially a very big, long monostructural bias. So we need to be building strength and also building that big engine. And then maybe we have specific strengths for specific skills. Let's say you can do a lot of things, but you just can't do ring muscle-ups. Then you need to be focusing on strength development for ring muscle-ups in the off-season when, you know, when you're eight to 10 months out from, let's say, the open. And then as we get closer we start to actually add volume to the skills. So maybe you uh, you developed enough strength to do ring muscle-ups. And then in the mid-season, we start reducing the weight of our strength development and increasing the volume of actual gymnastics practice. So we're going to start actually trying to hit multiple ring muscle-ups in a workout. And then once we move into the later seasons, we actually start doing CrossFit workouts like WODs with ring muscle ups in them. And that's what a lot of people don't do. Their, their, their season looks like how many times a ring muscle up program in a week, maybe once every other week. Well, that's the only time they practice ring muscle ups and they wonder why they don't get better at it. So that's, that's the big one is like having a set season where there's a dedicated off season to focusing on, on weaknesses, particularly strength weaknesses. And then there's this mid season where we, we, that's like the volume accumulation phase. And then you have a late season. Late season is when we're actually doing CrossFit looking stuff. Right. Um, and I'd say that's a, a huge one. And again, not most gyms aren't going to do this because it, it doesn't, it doesn't look like CrossFit in the off season. But if you're really trying to make a lot of progress, that's, that's what we need. It's funny. I was talking to Rob Kearney about this. He's actually going to be on, uh, 
kettlebells and cocktails tonight, and he's the new strength coach uh, for Hard Work Pays Off. And we were just talking about, you know, their programming and how Matt is as a coach and all of that. And they were mentioning that uh, now that the games are over, they're not going to let Mal O'Brien do a Metcon for months. Yep. Like not a one. They're just working on strength, deadlifts, squats, presses, snatch, like all that. It's going to drive her crazy. Yeah, they've picked, they've picked all the things that they think were, you know, they figured out during the games. All right, here are her, are her weaknesses. Here's what we're going to go work on. And they're just going to attack those things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, as I was listening to it, I thought it's really interesting. You know, here, this is someone who is exceptional at doing AMRAPs and things for time. And she's really fast and efficient. And they're not leaning into that at all. They just, they just are like, all right, they know that's their strength. They can come back to that. It'll come back quickly. We've got to focus on the things that she needs. Yes. Um, and the only yeah, thing that, I would that's add the, is, the sand in this analogy is the stuff you really enjoy right. doing, the stuff yeah. you're really good at. And yeah, you pretty much don't add that until the end. Well, for me, that's uh, that's how I figure out weaknesses. Um, the universal truth for me is if I don't like to do it, it's a weakness. Yep. <laughs> and I think that's true for most people. You know, I don't, it's, it's not universally true for people, but I think it's true for most. And, you know, for me, it's rope climbs. I hate those things. It's the one thing when it shows up on the board, I'm like, oh, I may not go in today. Interesting. <laughs> you know? And I think a lot, you know, a lot of people, if you want to identify weakness you want to work on, that maybe is where to start. Just look at a week's worth of workouts and figure out which ones you wanted to cherry pick. And that's where you need to start. You know. Yep. All right. Absolutely. What's the next one? Um, so the next one was no specific yeah, excuse me, no specific skill focus. Mm. And this, it kind of goes hand in hand with the previous one of no seasonality, but no specific skill focus is again, kind of honing back in on, I'm going to use ring muscle ups again, as an example here, let's say I'm trying to learn ring muscle ups. You've identified that that is one of the main goals that you need to achieve in order to have a better season and to be a better crossfitter. That's a one movement you need to unlock. Well, if we just go to class and do normal class things, the frequency of ring muscle up showing up in a programming is, I would say it's probably less than, than once every other week. Like even the gyms that I've gone sure. to here in the Denver area, like maybe, maybe once a month. And if that's the frequency that you're practicing ring muscle ups, guess what? It's going to take a really long time to learn ring muscle ups. Right. Right. That it's like if you're trying to learn how to ride a bike and you just you only hopped on a bike once a month, it's going to take you potentially years to learn how to ride a bike. But if you hop on it three times a week for 15 minutes a a session, it's going to happen a lot more quickly. So that's where um, that's this number four is kind of where wad prep was born. I realize a lot of people go to normal class, but they had these specific goals that we'd never work on enough in class. And that's why in wad prep uh, skill courses, like we have muscle up madness was the first course I ever made way back in 2014 or 2015. And that was, it's a program designed to teach you ring muscle ups in 15 to 20 minutes per session, three sessions per week. And you do it over eight weeks and you start with not knowing ring muscle ups. And we guarantee that by the end you'll have ring muscle ups or um, we then created courses to help you get the prerequisites because we realized a lot of people were coming in and being like, I can't do a pull-up. Will this work for me? And it's like, it, yes, it will work. You're, you'll get better doing pull-ups and muscle-up things, but we need to make sure that you have your prerequisites. But if you came into muscle-up madness with, I think we said like at least seven strict pull-ups and the ability to do multiple ring dips, if you could do that, we guaranteed that you would learn ring muscle-ups because it works when you just add in the specific skill focus two to three times per week for these small sessions and you know the drills you're supposed to do, you will achieve success. And that works for pretty much every skill across the board uh, as long as you have the, the prerequisites. So you can't, I'm not going to guarantee you're going to learn a ring muscle up if you can't do a pull up. You need to start with the pull ups and then, and then work on your dip strength. And then when you have those two things, boom, you're going to be able to crush it practicing the actual high level skill. Well, and I, I would say, you know, skills focus isn't just muscle ups for people listening or watching. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, there's like, I'll give you some examples. Um, gyms don't program muscle ups cause they're not fun and it's supposed to be the best hour of your day. So they don't program them cause a lot of people can't do them. They're, you know, it's not a lot of fun for the masses and they kind of, I think them they're the funnest. 
I, I think they can be, but I think they take a long time to learn. And yes. what's not fun, and which is the point to this, is learning the progressions it takes to get there. Sure. I, here's another example. So this week, I told you we're doing 13.1. And in the middle of it at the RX, it calls for 30 snatches at 135 pounds. Now, I can do 30 snatches at 135 you know, I'm not going to say no problem, but I can do it. Right. I mean, we just did Isabel and I think I was in like four minutes and something. I should have 345 if I remember right, which I thought was a decent time. Right. But I got into the middle of that workout and I was wildly inefficient. Mm. And that's the difference. I think in skills practice of going, can you do it, but can you do it efficiently? And that's where you have to stop and say, all right, I need skills practice. Cause it isn't about getting the weight overhead. I mean, that's obviously considered a good rep, but there's a lot between coming off the floor and getting that bar overhead that you can fix and, and sculpt. So when you are doing it, it feels better. It's easier. You have less prone to injury, makes the yes. rest of the workout better. You know? So I just, I think when you think of skills practice, it's bigger than going, well, just, will I achieve the movement? You know, muscle ups is another one where I can do muscle ups, but I can't string them together. Yes. Yeah. And this is a great point too. You're, you're talking about like being uh, fresh versus fatigued. Right. Like imagine if the only time you're practicing, like, yes, you said you can do muscle ups, but if you're not practicing them fresh, then the muscle ups that you do fatigued in the middle of a Metcon. So, well, yeah, I did muscle ups last week after 120 double unders and a seven mile run and snatches. It's like, Oh my gosh, those muscle ups aren't practice. You're, you're smoked. Right. So that's why I think it's really important. The specific skill practice needs to come yep. when you're fresh. So you can work on the fundamentals completely fresh. And then also, yes, you do need to practice them fatigued. And I think that's a really important yep. nuance there that you, you revealed. Look at me being all nuanced, Ben. It's impressive, isn't it? You're so distinguished. So distinguished. Such a distinguished gentleman. All right. So uh, what was the next one? Which one are we on? Four? We on four that right? was four. So the last one that I wrote oh. down, and this is probably one I'm the most passionate about, is coaching. Lack of coaching. So again, I keep saying this because I just don't ever want to be uh, misconstrued here. Like this isn't a knock on affiliate coaches. They're amazing. I used to be one. I love the coaches at the gyms that I go to. But the, the reality is they do not have time, energy, capacity, whatever, to coach you as an athlete on the intricacies of what you're trying to learn. And here's an example. John, you already talked about it. Let's say I'm coaching a class and I have 15 people in the class and we're doing one rep max power snatch. Okay. I'm going to drill everybody. I'm going to walk them through some version of a barbell warm up, And then like... I'm going to let you snatch. And when I go around, I might get 30 seconds with each athlete. Maybe if it's an amazing coach, 30 seconds of individualized attention, but that's not that much. And I might only be able to help you fix one thing with right. your setup. Maybe roll your knuckles down or maybe, Hey, let's, let's get those feet a little bit wider, or let's try to keep our chest higher during the first pool. But could you imagine actually getting like individualized in-depth coaching in a class? It would have to be a class of three people, right? So I think that's, that's kind of like the main issue here is, is traditional CrossFit classes. Sure, you get coaching. You might get a slap on the butt. The unfortunate thing is there are a lot of gyms where it's like, all right, everybody, like, good job. You know, like, right. let's try to get under the bar faster or pull harder, Right. So like these like right. ridiculous fluff cues rather than actual legit coaching. And that's obviously like, that's again, where wad prep comes in. Like this is another yeah. reason wad prep was born is to help athletes get through these plateaus. And that's why we were so passionate about our coaching, like in, inside our coaching group in wad prep pro the coaching group, like John, if you uploaded a video of your snatch, uh, your barbell snatch, um, then oh, we thank would you for clarifying Ben. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, if you upload a video of your one rep max power snatch, coach Kaylee or coach CJ or coach Savannah, or one of our coaches will come in and watch your video and give you a detailed response on what you can do to fix it. And maybe some drills that you can use to, to hone in that thing that you need to fix. Right. It's not just like, keep your chest up, boom, onto the next one. Right. So I think having specific coaching makes 
progress happen a lot more quickly. And that's, that's I think, a huge reason people plateau is because they don't have a, a, a professional coach to help them break through the specific things they're plateauing on. Yeah, look, I've I have never had a coach in an affiliate that wouldn't take time. So I, you know, I, I'll emphasize that that you know, call oh, your coach and ask. And I know you're saying the same thing. Like they will give you individualized coaching if you ask, but they are most are limited by capacity and time. I mean, these yeah. are you know, they got it's a tough job, man. Like I was looking at our class yesterday, and you know, we were doing thrusters and some other stuff. And, um, you know, there's a couple of new people in the class and they've never lifted before. And that's where the coaches are going to spend their time because, A, they don't want anybody getting hurt, which is very smart. Uh, and they want to make sure these, you know, kind of newer athletes that haven't been doing it like for a decade, like I have, are getting some individualized attention. So if I want attention from my coach, I kind of have to go to them before the class or after the class or during instruction time and ask for it, you know, and that's yep. okay. And if you're comfortable doing that, by all means, go do it, um, you know, and you know, you can find most anything out on the internet for free and you can go look at it and like, you know, kind of figure it out. But I'm, I'm on, in your camp on this one, Ben, I think like a one-on-one coach is going to look at your movement and go fix this one thing first and yeah. take you through the, prog- it's always about progression and really in CrossFit, it's all about progression, particularly in lifting and gymnastics. What's the next step you have to learn? And that's the most unfun part of what we do. I hate it yeah. to be honest. Whenever a coach goes grab a PVC pipe, I'm like, oh Jesus, no. Like, <laughs> I don't want a PVC pipe because that means I'm gonna have to my chest is gonna be in the right place and uh, you know, I can't lift my butt up too soon. And it's not as fun as actually lifting weight, you know. Yep. Um, but you need I'm, that. You need someone that's gonna be able to do that and and look to see where your feet are. And yeah, and uh, here's what's most important why individualized coaching is really good. When I was in Utah, um and uh, Savannah was one of your coaches. Savannah was coaching me through snatching and she made me move my feet out wider than I've been used to moving them. And it made a huge difference. And you know, keep in mind, like that foot placement is individualized to the, to the person because of your leg length and your arm length and, you know, your body type. So like where my feet are could be wildly different than where your feet are. We're different height. We have different leg lengths. Like there's just a lot different about us, you know? Yep. Um, and so I think that's where an individualized coach can can really make specific changes to you that you're not going to get by just, you know, going and capturing some sort of, you know, online program without someone actually watching what you're doing. You know, yep. not yep. that those programs are bad. Those work, too. But, you know, I just I just really like the idea of an individualized coach to and break through plateaus. You make it a really interesting point. You talked about like, yeah, you can go online and do a lot of self-coaching. Um, obviously that's like how most people find wad prep and for all the listeners, for all the people in the comments right now, we got, we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Like a lot of you found wad prep because we offer a ton of free coaching so that you can self coach yourself. You might see a video and be like, Oh, that's what I do. I'm going to listen to coach Ben and see what he says. And then I'm going to try to go do it, but it's not me actually like working with you as an athlete. Um, but I don't know if you've heard of the plumber analogy. This is a lot of analogies today between the rock and the plumber. Let's go. I'm highly caffeinated, ready with the analogy. So, (laughs) so coaching is like self-coaching versus true coaching is like this. So this lady had uh, her sink was clogged for whatever reason. She just couldn't figure out why her sink was not working. It wasn't draining properly. Um, She, Googled it. She YouTubed it. She couldn't figure it out. Just something was wrong with her sink. So she broke down and she called the plumber and a plumber came in and he comes in. He takes a look at the sink. He turns on the water. He sees it's not draining properly, kind of, you know, grabs his beard like I'm doing now. And then he takes out a wrench. He goes to the bend in the in the sink line and he just whacks it once. And then he turns on the water, sink drains perfectly. And then hands the lady a bill for $300. And the lady's like, are you kidding me? Like you, that only took you two minutes at most to fix. And he says, no, ma'am, that took me 25 years. And that analogy talks about the, the experience that a professional coach brings to your game, right? If you, you might be snatching and, you know, like you technically do a snatch, but until you have professional eyes to say, oh, my God, yeah, look, 
their feet are in the wrong spot for their body type, or their grip is way too wide. And I can tell that's causing instability. Like you'll never know that about yourself without a professional coach. A lot of times coming in and being like, whack, (laughs) just taking that hammer or taking that wrench and just whacking it once. And then boom, all the dominoes start falling. And that's what I notice a lot of times. Like, um, like even at the games, uh, you weren't there for this workout, but like I had, uh, head of marketing, her name's Charlie from the UK. She's been doing CrossFit. She's a ridiculously strong weightlifter and great CrossFitter, but she can't do a strict ring muscle up. I asked her how many, how many strict pull-ups she could do. I asked her how many dips she could do. And I said, give me two minutes. And then sure enough, we literally have a video of me teaching her how to do her first strict ring muscle up in under two minutes. And she did it. And she's just kind of like, you can tell she does it. And she's like in shock. She's like, how the heck did you do that? And it's just because I knew that she probably wasn't false gripping enough and her transition wasn't aggressive enough. We fixed those two things. Voila, it worked. Um, so that's where having actual coaching comes into play. Um, so that was my, that's it. That's my analogy. What would you think about a, a permanent segment in the show called Parables with Ben? Oh, dude, I'm all about analogies. Are you? I, I'm in. You got to come to every podcast moving story with a little little plumber story like that. I think it'd be oh, perfect. Oh, that would, yes. I got all kinds of, of analogies <laughs> that I've read in books that I will, that will steal as my own. <laughs> uh, we'll create by, by the end of the year, we'll have an, an entire, we'll just put together a whole clip of nothing but parables. Be yeah. And actually, hold on. Next time I'm going to add sound effects. So here's the wrench. That's uh, it. That's all, that's all it was. So this is like a, this is like a high tech production we have going on today. I like this. It's this good. Yes. Yeah, it's good. I like your tips. This is a good. This is a good one today. I, uh, yeah, I think this is one of our better episodes because yeah. we had structure and there was a lot of really good advice given out. Just pat ourselves on the back. It's going to be yeah. great. This uh, is going to be one that I send people because a lot of people, you know, come to Wad Prep and they ask about how to make progress. Or this is a great one for beginners and intermediate and advanced because these apply to literally everyone. At least one of these probably applies to almost every one of our listeners. There we go. So are you coming to Wadapalooza? You're coming. I don't right? know, man. I just looked up the dates. It all depends on, I, I I mean, it's in January. Hunting season will pretty much be over. Hopefully I filled a bunch of tags. I have, I need to start saving my pennies. I will be moving kind of close to then. Um, and then Wad Prep HQ's lease runs out kind of close to then. So I, I got to get my ducks in a row. Right. But but if if people... If if the people want us to go head to head in the gauntlet, then I, I can't deny well, that. I don't know if we're going to go head to head. We'll be in different divisions, I'm sure. But I I'm going to train and regularly talk about it on both shows, like kind of how the training's going, so everyone yeah. will get updates on uh, what's coming up. And I'm throwing a cocktail party with kettlebells and cocktails. Oh uh, snap! Yes, I'm finalizing the details. I've already You're jumping got- on the bandwagon of throwing cool ass parties at the events. This, yeah, this one's going to be. Uh, I've got a couple of calls today. A sponsor that's putting it on for us, and a gym that's going to allow us to do it. They're both very cool. I think it's going to be a fun thing. It's going to be very exclusive. That, what's that? I said I, I. I forgot about that. I need to get sponsors for my party, so I stop paying these huge bills. Well, look, I th- my point is, is I think what we'll end up doing is uh, offering to our podcast listeners for this show and the other show. If you're going to be in Miami, you'll get an invite because you're a subscriber to the podcast. Okay. Because um, we're as long as I get it, invited, I want to keep it moderately exclusive. We're not just going to open it to the masses in Miami. You know, maybe we will. Yeah. We'll see. Right. Not, we'll it's see. not like the wad per parties where literally anyone is invited. That was fun. That was a fun party. We had a good time. I'm just now sober. I'm sorry, God. <laughs> I, my my liver's finally in full recovery mode. At this Here point. I was thinking that we handed out all 200 drink tickets to 200 different people, but I think 80 of them were claimed by John Woolley. Yeah, you're like, no, it's just John getting drinks. No, to be fair, you were giving free drinks to other people, and they would go, oh, I haven't met you. Let me buy you a drink. And, you know, I'm a nice dude. So I'd be like, sure, buy me a drink, you know. Next thing I know, I'm just plowed. It was a good time. Really good time. Good time. But yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. I, I would, while I probably won't take the same approach, like I'm not going to train for Wadapalooza necessarily. Cause for me, my, my focus really is going to be hunting season yeah, yeah. Um, in September. And then there's going to be a large recovery period on the back of that and, uh, and things like that. And then snowboard season. But I still, it would still give me a reason to keep showing up and doing CrossFit because I want to make sure my skills stay, stay in tune. So that'd be fun. Yeah. You got to be ready to go, dude. Give you a chance to finally beat me in a workout. 
<laughs> we'll see. I doubt it. We'll see. All right. Are we doing this next Monday? Are you out of town again? What are we doing? Um, Monday, next Monday, I am in town. All right. So we'll be back on Monday. We were late this week because we both had stuff. Um, but we'll be back next Monday evening to do this. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Right. I will let you know if anything changes, but yep, that should work. Cool. Fun time. Well, before we, uh, before we wrap up again, everybody go to thirdz.com and get your best sleep ever. Uh, our, uh, sponsor and, uh, Use our code SCALES, S-C-A-L-E-Z-Z-Z. You will love this this stuff. The uh, collagen protein is what we get, and you'll sleep like a baby. You'll love it. All right. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate you guys joining, and we will chat with you guys next week. Oh, really quick, before you click the off button, uh, we never asked for this, but I listened to a podcast the other day, and they did. Please, if you actually like this podcast and you listen to it, go to your podcast platform and give us a five-star review. It really helps us get more exposure to other people. We never asked for it, but I'm doing it now. Go leave us a five-star review. Say some kind words about John um, and you can shit talk me and we'll appreciate it, but leave us five stars and that's really going to help us out. Thank you very much. All right. See you. Bye.